0: The year was 1983, or was it 84? It was 83 when we got 83. In. 83, but then it didn't get a wide release until 84. But and a daring new slasher film stalked its way across screens on the east coast of America. It was another film set at a summer camp, much like Friday the 13th and The Burning and many other knockoffs. But this one was different, especially the ending. The film we're talking about tonight is 1983-84's Sleepaway Camp
1: There's a movie that you never see
0: The Map of Some Ninjas or a Crazy Death Machine There'll be smiles, there'll be tears You won't watch a movie for about eight billion years, it's time for death by video, time for death, by video, and now, the show will begin. It's Death by Video! Woo! I'm Phil. I'm Kit. I'm Graham Saying, Welcome back to another episode of Merry Movie Mayhem. We're talking about... uh, (laughs) We're talking about Sleepaway Camp, which is probably the best Friday the 13th film that was not a Friday the 13th film. Uh, it was uh, directed by Robert Hiltzik, and it was Hiltzik's only film up until 2008's Return to Sleepaway Camp. Uh, he did it as part wow. of a graduate studies program in film, um, and basically made it, released it, made some money, sold the rights off in the late 80s for sequels, and then didn't know that it had continued to gain a cult following on its off of its one VHS release, uh, until around the year 2000, when he was contacted by the owner of SleepawayCampMovies.com to see if he wanted to do an audio commentary track on the upcoming Am- uh, Anchor Bay Sleepaway Camp box set, and he was like, "People still care about my movie," so that kind of kind of got him back into it. Um, so before we talk about the movie, guys, have you seen Sleepaway Camp before? I have, yes. Yeah, Kit, from your from the group text, that didn't sound like you had.
2: No, I've never had. Um, oddly enough, I've seen Sleepaway Camp
0: 2 Yes, uh, because of you,
2: Graham. Uh, I believe with uh, Bruce Springsteen's uh, younger sister.
0: Yes, Pamela yeah, Springsteen. I
2: um, but I would never, and I'm sure you mentioned the uh, the twist um, of Sleepaway Camp one in your intro or talking about Sleepaway Camp two, what we need to know, or whatever. Um, but I didn't. I didn't remember. But um, I, I, I mean, I did. I mean, I saw a lot of these things coming, I just, the uh, the final image, and I guess we'll get to that later, but the freeze frame image is why I texted, uh, Jesus, what an ending. Because, I mean, one way or another, whatever you think about it, Jesus Christ.
1: Oh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's, it's one way to end How many a movie ends like, ends like that? No. But many more should. Um <laughs>
1: I've seen uh, horror movie tattoos where it's just that uh, final freeze.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it was it. In for a while. It seems like an I- iconic image, just uh, just waiting to happen.
0: So the lead actress from the film, uh, Felissa Rose, she plays the character of Angela. She met her husband, who is from the band CKY, because he was a big Sleep Boy Camp fan. And even before they had met, he had the tattoo of that final freeze frame on his arm of her. And she was like, kind of like, okay, that's weird. Um, <laughs> they're still together. They have three kids. Like they're they're happily married. But it's just still insane that like, oh, you got a tattoo of my face on someone else's body on your arm, and now we're dating. So, uh, so it's it's very fascinating stuff. So, um, let's kick it off. Uh, the movie opens up on a lake, and this does that thing that a lot of movies from the eighties did, where they'll have a flashback to the past, but the but nothing in the period signifies it's actually the past. And then it'll jump eight years to the future. We see Angela and Peter, two siblings out on their father's boat uh, and a driver of a speedboat foolishly lets his girlfriend drive the speedboat, even though she has no, um, uh, she, she doesn't know how to drive a speedboat and she ram basically kills the dad instantly by ramming him right in the head.
2: Beelines, beelines for the family. Uh...
0: Yeah. Yeah. And kills, uh, kills one of the children. And then we flash forward eight years. And Angela is now grown up. She's with her cousin, uh, Ricky. But, well, there's actually, um,
2: you missed a little bit of a, a, an artistic touch there, maybe, Graham. I don't know if you mentioned it. But it, it opens uh, in its fall at the lake. Yes. At the lake, uh, the whole thing, the summer camp is abandoned. All you hear are the echoes of fun that used to be there. But it's clearly no longer summer. The trees are all uh, red and yellow and, and kind of falling uh and the park is uh it pans past uh, the basketball courts you can hear the sounds of a basketball game it's not really happening um and then it pans over to um i guess a sign saying uh for sale or uh, camp uh, what is it called camp
0: camp aeroac Arawak- uh, uh
2: for sale or abandoned or foreclosed or something like that over the uh yeah on
0: the on the uh, fence it's like closed by the sheriff um yeah, yeah yeah i really i really dug that opening because it was just it kind of like gave you a a little melancholy look at like what we were going to end up by the end of the movie um but yeah it was very haunting hearing seeing like the opening credits play out over an empty summer camp where you hear the 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 echoes and the sounds echoes, yeah. of children playing and enjoying their time at camp
2: and then all of a sudden it's summer at that clearly the same lake and and uh sounds are real uh, and that's when we meet the family and shit
0: Yeah, Angela, Peter, and the dad, and then the dad gets killed, and so does one of the kids, then we jump forward, and this is where we're introduced to one of the greatest characters in cinema history, Aunt Martha.
2: Yeah, a lot of people have uh, apparently (laughs) online compared this to like John Waters-esque type uh, uh, wackiness, a little bit, yeah, Yeah, she's over the top for sure.
0: And she's the only, but she's the only character like that in the whole movie, where it's just bizarre, and like, she'll like, Say something and then answer her own question. Yeah. Put
2: her hand to her chin. You notice uh, she's got a string tied around her finger uh, at the beginning, and you're like, oh, she's trying to remember something um, because that's the old trick. Yeah, it looks like she walked in off like a uh, dramatic stage play
1: for sure.
0: She's a beret enthusiast. I like the way that she wears yep. her beret just totally sideways on her head. Uh, what, what's her name? I have it written down here. Her name is, sorry, this is in my handwritten Oh, note. Desiree Gould? Yes, Desiree Gould. Um, She did some work. uh, Sleepaway Camp was her last film for a while, but then she most recently appeared in a film called Tales of Poe in a Telltale Heart. But Yeah, Aunt Martha is awesome. I just loved, every time she was on screen, she even produced uh, physicals, which she herself, being a doctor, wrote for them. I would hate to have been her patient knowing what she did to (laughs) Angela. Oh, yeah, I forgot about the whole physical thing. That's so... (sighs) wild yeah yeah there's moments layered through where it's like you know Mm
2: -hmm.
0: don't tell anyone where you got your physical why don't you shower with the rest of us so they go to camp arawak and uh this is angela's first year there ricky has been going for a while and Mm -hmm. he talks about he runs into his friend paul and um they talk about judy who was ricky's girlfriend last summer uh, Judy is awesome. She kind of throws all, I mean, she's a bad person, but she throws, <laughs> yeah. she throws the best shade I've ever seen.
2: Yes. Yes. Judy is such a bitch. She's <laughs> so unpleasant to be around. I think you, her I think you pronounced one. it
0: wrong. I think you meant to say yeah. boss.
2: That's that's um, what I, that's what I, yeah, I was going to say girl boss.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like she, I, wears, I, love the whole, I love the whole Judy aesthetic, you know, like the crimped hair. Like she's got like the sideways ponytail. She wears a shirt with, just says Judy across
0: it. Yeah, she was a shirt with her own name on it. You know, yeah. she's a boss. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what else did she say? She said, what was it that she laid down? Oh, I don't know. What was it she said about, so when Paul and Angela kind of start to form a, a little uh, summer fling relationship, she says to him, to Paul, I don't know why you keep bothering with her. She's so small. <laughs> Like that was because, her
2: insult. Well, the first info, the first intel you get on Judy before you even see her is uh, one of uh, one of uh, what's his name Ricky? One of Ricky's pals comes up and he say, "Did you see Judy?" And then he like holds his hands up to his chest and like, "Man, she's gotten big," like very suggestively.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, the other thing so. Judy says to describe Angela is, "She's a carpenter's dream, flat as a board, and needs a screw."
2: That was an old um, uh, playground. Uh, I remember that insult. Uh, it was always good, good to come out with that. Like uh, your mom is a uh, carpenter's dream. It was a devastating yeah. put down back in the old uh, grade school playground.
0: So we basically quickly meet all of our characters here at camp. We meet Mel, who is the the owner of the camp, who is seemed initially seems much more concerned with foul language than people getting horrifically injured on his. Uh, yeah. As, you
1: know, well, and right
0: away you see. School, really. <laughs>
2: And right away you see a generational, like, shorts divide uh, between the younger counselors who wear these very uh, tiny, tiny short, like basketball shorts, or jorts, just like these really suggestive cut-off Mm -hmm. jeans. Um, Whereas Mel has, you know, like the knee lengths with the high socks, uh, checked pattern on the shorts. Very old school.
0: Yeah, we should also point out that it's crop-top city for the dudes in this movie.
2: Man, it's like T-shirt crop tops right up to the nipples. Uh, that it's one like counselor. Video. That one counselor. What's his name? Ronnie. He has like his pecs have his have their own like uh area code. They're
0: oh
1: just...
2: yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Friggin' yeah, massive. And,
0: and, like there was that brief era. It was like eighty one to eighty three when crop tops for guys were a thing, mm-hmm. and thankfully that ended. Um, but yeah, we meet everyone. We kind of realize that Judy is like the queen bee of the bad girls. Uh, we meet Meg, who is like the um, Meg. Yeah, the counselor. For Angela's cabin, which is also Judy's cabin, um, I think Ronnie is his name. He's the counselor for who's who's the counselor for Richie's? Is it Ronnie or Eddie? No, Eddie's the other guy. Um, Ronnie's the
2: guy with the big pecs. Yeah, I think maybe it's it's a Brett or a, the guy who likes the crop tops and is in the particular house with the boys. I don't forget yeah. his freaking name. It's like Brian
0: or Brett or something, something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, we basically see. By the way, the canteen in this uh, this sleepaway camp i like it like they play some really great like early 80s euro synth rock it looks like a fun
2: sleepaway camp to be honest mm-hmm. with you if it wasn't for all the murder and accidents sure. Uh, sure. And, uh-huh. and by the way the fact that they have the most perverted uh, camp chef the openly <laughs> yeah. perfluing oh,
0: his first sentence <laughs> is gross so the so it's all the, the most
2: kid, <laughs> it's shockingly disgusting so
0: Obviously, all the kids pile off of we guys we have to go back to raising our hands to talk because we're talking over each other too much but um as all the kids like run off of the school buses he's just watching them come in and he basically just announces i want to bang all those children like oh my god it's so disturbing so gross so disgusting um
2: and and then what he says he's, he's he's very disgusting and then like his uh the old the old black guy who works with him i think his name is ben Um, is like, oh, they're too young to know what's on your mind, Alfie, and he's uh, that is kind of how Ben talks. I'm sorry, that's like a bad uh, maybe I should do that one again. No, um, but he's like, uh, they're all caricatures in this movie. Is the fun thing, I guess. Mm. Alfie's like, there's no such thing as being too young, and then like, he's like openly like, pretty much, I wanna, I wanna have sex with those children. Yeah. And Ben is like, oh, ho, 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 and kind of wanders away. Yeah, <laughs> the, the and then dish, like dishrag over his shoulder and wanders away. It's uh, a really it's a real little scenes,
0: scene. Two scenes later, we find out Angela's not eating. Angela is also silent for a lot of the start of the movie too. Mm-hmm. And so Ronnie, the the pectoral counselor, he, uh, <laughs> he basically says like, Hey, do you want to come? Like, let me let's go back and let's see if there's some better food that the the the, the cooks can rustle up. And so he leaves her alone with the the pervy sh- cook and then what happens phil
1: well the pervy cook like he uh was like hey, i'll give you something to eat something good to eat, and uh something to that effect he's extra pervy yeah, yeah they're, they're they're in the uh the food supply closet and uh alone does yeah, his belt and somehow like ricky uh he's he's always able to intervene at just the right time whenever she's being tormented and mm-hmm. they're able to escape and then you know pervy uh ginger chef um <laughs> <laughs> and his belt is still undone he's like about to put the, his belt back in place and so uh, like there's clearly like serious enabling in this kitchen of uh
0: well, yeah. Like when he, when he, like he, the, the chef grabs Ricky and tells him like, you're not going to tell anyone what happened here. And then he runs out and Mel's like, Hey, what's gotten into him? And he's like doing up his belt. Like, I guess I scared him. And you're like, yeah. Um, and then uh, what happens to our cook? Like one scene later
1: uh he's standing up on a chair reaching something right over like a massive uh boiling soup pot and... the world's tallest i think it's for for corn i think he's tossing corn, food, corn
0: okay. cobs
2: in there on mass it seems to be
0: well it's also i think it's also to just cook soup for like a hundred kids is anyway correct.
2: it it's it's as tall as a man it's like a six foot tall uh boiling pot
0: it's more of a vat than a pot at that point <laughs>
1: yeah, sure.
0: But we see some hands behind him reach up, push him, and uh, he winds up falling over and the 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 pot of boiling hot water falls all over his body, scalding him, burning him horrendously, in his eyes and his mouth. Really and, gross and horrible. Yes, Phil?
1: And there's just an extreme close up of him like just screaming, full of his face full of third degree burns for like a good three minutes or so. It just it's just an eternity. And yeah. then you just have a smash cut of him covered up in bandages.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He does survive, though.
0: Yeah, barely. Yeah. Uh, it's also interesting to note that the EMTs that wheel him out after uh, after they call uh, call the for the ambulance are actual real EMTs that they like just got from the local town.
2: Neat, I guess. Slow day.
0: Yeah, probably. Uh, probably also just like a money saving thing. Like they already have their own ambulance and their own uniforms playing a real Larry Cohen. Um,
1: Is this like upstate New York?
0: Yeah. So it was, the film was shot in uh, little, yeah, it was shot at a place called Camp Algonquin where uh, Hiltzik, Hiltzik, the director, Robert Hiltzik, he actually went to camp as a child. So it's in his actual, his actual uh, camp that he would go to. And the real name of the camp was Camp Algonquin. And it was just outside of Argyle, New York. So a little, little north of uh, upstate. Um, by the way, I did love that the kids, like the two little kids in the start had very New York accents. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, York spelled W-A-Y-A-W-K.
1: Yeah.
2: Heavy, heavy, sick.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Um, like, oh, I think one kid maybe has a Boston thing going. He's like, I got to take a wicked dump over here.
0: <laughs> that was That was great. Yeah, that was one of the victims as well. We should also point out that, like, so the way that the victims happen, especially at the start, it kind of looks like they all could be accidents, because they're just sort of stuff related to the, the cook, like, spills the boiling hot pot of water. Yeah, over. Uh, and then the next victim is, uh, so one of the nights at the camp, we jump ahead, and for some reason, these guys are really excited to go skinny dipping, even though the girls have all told them no. They're like, whoa, what about you? And they go jump into the water, like, whoa, they this is awesome. Go like, again, guys. Yes, Kit?
2: Oh, and the, there's, um, what's his name? J- Jackie or... Frick, I can't remember. Something with a Y. Maybe Teddy. Him and his buddy are getting stoned.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they convince Leslie to go, this girl Leslie to go uh, on a canoe trip with them. And they keep and talking about water snakes. Their whole gag,
2: as it turns out, he finally gets this girl Leslie to go out on the uh, canoe with him. His
0: whole gag is just to tip the canoe. It's not even a big gag. It's pretty lame. It was 1983, man. <laughs> All they could do. So he tips the water. Uh, Leslie storms off, and the re- pretty much everyone else storms off. And then we see some the back of someone's head bob up underneath the. Uh, we should say that Frankie, whatever his name is, goes underneath the canoe for some reason, uh, which is capsized where there's like oxygen underneath. And another person pops up and he's like, "Hey, what are you doing here?" And then that person drowns him. And then the next day, the uh, the lifeguard for for the camp, finds the, uh, finds the body underneath yes kit Oh, I'm going to wait for you to finish your sentence. Oh, so he basically, he basically is like complaining that like they left a mess and like, and then he like flips over a canoe and there's the dead body of that kid with a snake crawling out of its mouth. And so that's her second death.
2: Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty great. What was uh, your oh, just the funny thing about him is, I guess I guess it turns out later that they didn't really tell the uh, the other kids anything, but I, I didn't realize that right away. Mm-hmm. It just everybody moves on with their life. They're all like, "Oh, that kid drowned." All right, well, we're still at summer camp, so let's have a good time. Like nobody seems affected by it at all. He's the least missed dead kid that I've I've mm-hmm. ever even seen. But I think later on it turns out uh, from dialogue that I gathered uh, that they're just telling the kids that those kids went home.
0: Mm-hmm. Phil, did you have something to say? Yeah, well, it's pers- the whole like skinny
1: dipping, canoeing. It's like preceded by just the two dudes like tormenting Angela and uh...
2: mm-hmm. right. And you notice the the pattern. Every...
1: Intervenes and
2: every time somebody um, torments Angela and is mean to her, they're basically signing their death warrant. They're going to die very shortly. This is a pattern that the movie goes throughout. Uh, you could tell it was Angela the whole time. I think I never suspected Ricky for a minute. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert, I guess.
0: Well, the interesting thing is um, that unlike a lot of other films set at summer camps or like with teens or kids, this film actually cast people who are the age at which oh, they yeah. played, like thirteen mm-hmm. to fifteen year olds for the most part. Yep. And um, because Felissa Rose was so young, her mother didn't want her actually participating in the filming of, of murder scenes. So whenever you see Angela's hand, spoiler Angela Angela's the killer. Whenever you see Angela's hand or the back, it's another person and they switched it up between men and women of different ages. So you all could never get a good look or idea of who was doing the killing. Yes, Kit?
2: Did you guys all watch this on, on Tubi? Yeah. Um, I so, watched it on Shudder. So uh, a little later, uh, another character is killed. Uh, we can give it away. Uh, Meg is killed in the shower. No, no, no. This is when Judy is killed. I'm sorry. You knew Judy was gonna get it. That's not a spoiler. Um, somebody appears. Bad in kit.
0: <laughs>
2: somebody appears in the doorway, and I guess it's supposed to be silhouette, but I think the uh, thing was too high def. I could tell I, you could see the front of the person mm-hmm. it wasn't in silhouette, and I was like, "Wait, that is that Ricky?" I couldn't. It didn't look like um, either Angela or Ricky quite. It looked like somebody mm-hmm. who looked like them, and I was very confused for a few seconds until I realized that you weren't supposed to see the person's
0: yeah
1: yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah. um so we'll good. get through. and so basically like and immediately after this Mel is talking to a police officer and I just wanted to point out I think that they shot the police officer scenes in sequence because at the end of the movie he's clearly wearing a fake mustache he is <laughs> thank you yeah this scene it's real and then at the end I'm like that's a fake mustache
2: <laughs> just <laughs> not even a good fake mustache so they were relying on bad cameras i guess back in the day
0: to well probably what happened with that that actor is that he uh he probably got another role in between and he just shaved his mustache off and he came uh, i've had that happen before with actors where, like you'll you'll audition and this is on like big major commercials where they're getting paid thousands of dollars to be there they'll get an audition and they have a beard and then they show up to the wardrobe fitting clean shaven and you're like what the heck dude and he's like oh i had a role on the weekend where i was supposed to have a mustache so i cut my beard off down to a mustache and then i shaved my face I'm like, dude, you don't look like the person that we cast. He's like, well, I'm still me. It's like, no, the person we cast had a beard, and you don't. Yes, Phil.
1: Yeah, like Tommy Wiseau got really mad at Greg Sestero for shaving his beard. Uh, yeah.
0: Well, no, t- the the whole thing about that was uh, it was the reverse. Is that they wanted uh, for the movie for for the room, Tommy mm-hmm. Wiseau wanted Greg to have his beard shaved off for the wedding. Yeah, and um, and so Greg Sestero got offered a. Uh, a job in the movie. It's with Malcolm in the middle. Unlike TV, it was something else. It was some other, in the real world, it was some other, some other book. uh, It was some other movie. Um, Mm -hmm. But because they shaved him, he couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, I mean like it happens all the time and it's just always like, dude, what are you doing? And then at the end of the movie, he's wearing a really bad mustache. (laughs) And like, that's the thing, like this movie was shot in 16 millimeters. So it was probably gritty at the time. And now that it's all like mastered in 4K and stuff, it's like, yeah, that's a fake mustache. I mean,
2: they could just be like, hey, you shaved. You just put that into the script, man. Or
0: just cast
2: your mustaches. Obviously, the actor did. I mean, it's possible.
0: No, but it would be weird because it was like the next day this happened.
2: Oh, I know. You can't have that happen. It makes
0: it makes, makes for issues. Um, so, But the whole thing is the cop is talking to Mel being like, I really don't know what happened. We have to let the coroner like do an autopsy. And Mel's like, uh, I think it's drowning. So it's drowning. And the cop's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like I didn't say that. He's like, but it could be drowning, right? And the cop's like, yeah, I guess. And then Mel's like, there we go, it's drowning. He drowned. It was an accident. He like fell and he hit his rock head on a rock.
2: Mel is so shameless. It, with the with the cook as well, he's uh, immediately like, ah, this never happened, right? You boys aren't going to talk about this, right?
0: I'm gonna pay all you fifteen dollars more a week, right? <laughs> yeah, that's good. We're good.
2: Yeah. A lousy fifty dollar a week raise for
0: uh, for fourteen.
2: For... It's only fifteen. I thought Ben got fifty becoming the head chef i thought i heard he got 50 and the rest got 15 but i could be wrong
0: yeah yeah i'm gonna pay you guys 15 extra a week <laughs> like I'm all sorry. right it was 83 though it wasn't that was no, not that
1: about, much
0: no but it was it was for probably like the minimum wage was probably good because minimum wage then was probably what like buck 75 or something
2: yeah but he always wants to uh keep it quiet but by the second kid dying he's like well that's it gonna have to sell the camp and he's right i mean
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. And so let, let's get to that. So then, basically, like the summer goes on. Angela strikes up a romance with that Paul kid, and she's kind of coming out of Rochelle a little bit more. But he's still she she's still swimming. Sorry, i forgot about
2: ahead, the, uh She speaks to Paul. Um, she doesn't speak <laughs> to anybody else. Uh, maybe the first time we hear her speak even is uh, with Paul, but it could be with Ricky early on.
0: It is. It's when she says good night. Yeah. And Paul's reaction is like, "Good night," and then he walks away happy
2: whistling a happy tune
0: yeah yeah. um and so
2: the 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 boy's pranks were like a little boy actually has to that that thing where he's like you have to not sit up and then he actually sits up into another boy's ass
0: yeah that character's (laughs) called mozart and he gets repeatedly i know he was like he gets a face he gets a bum to the face um, I had I
2: had, a, um, I had a 95% chance that it was going to be Angela as the killer. I had a 5% chance that Mozart was actually secretly killing people.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I thought that would be a funny twist.
0: Yeah. You also know that Angela is the killer because she's the killer in part two. I didn't, but I'm telling
2: you, I, I it wasn't that hard. It seems the, the movie telegraphs it pretty hard. It's not going to be Ricky.
0: At the time it was well, a shocker, but like, but the thing is when Ricky was I know
2: getting- they're relying on the fact that um, you wouldn't expect a, a young girl to be the killer, but I know how movies work now.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, what was I going to say next is uh, so then basically like some more stuff. She, you know, she has a, a romance with Paul. There's a pretty sweet baseball sequence. Uh, yes. Judy basically wants to go after Paul for no reason other than she's annoyed that Angela like has someone interested in her. Like, cause there's no, like, she has no low time for Paul at the start of the movie, but once Paul starts getting interested in Angela, Judy's just like, what the hell, man? Like, come on, I'm Judy. My name's on my shirt. Like, don't you want to get with this? You know, she's- so like, all party. boys want to be with Judy, except for Paul, who could care less. Yeah. I mean, he was into Angela. Yeah. Um but- so then we jump ahead. Now let's jump ahead to the third kill of the movie. So basically, one of the uh, the cabins is throwing water balloons. And they throw one at Angela and it pops. And Ricky, of course, goes in this full-on rage mode of like, I going to get you, you, you MFers, you, you, like, Your all kinds of
2: storm. Yeah. The but they're all on the roof throwing water balloons. Like, it's this whole, uh it's funny. Just a bunch of, like, five or uh, seven boys on top of a roof throwing water balloons. At yeah. each other, though, but then also at the ground.
0: Yeah, I do want to point out that for Ricky, like I have a feeling like he's been defending Angela his whole life and he probably just realizes that she's like, uh, no, not realizes, but he probably like was raised that like she's weak. She needs our help, like to be protected at every point, which is why he always flies into a bit of a rage. Um, And uh, even during the fight with uh, early on, with that Ricky gets into at the canteen with the boys who are picking on Angela, Like Mel just lets it go ahead until Ricky starts cursing. And then he's like, Hey, 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 calm down now. Like you're banned from the canteen for a week. And so are you for that foul language. Um, and then basically after that, uh, the guy who like throws the water balloon that hits Angela, he's the wicked dump guy. Like he's the guy that's like, Hey, we're going to go to the canteen. Okay, cool. I'll Be there in a while. We got to take a wicked dump first. (laughs) Oh, and then what happens from there, Phil?
1: All right. Uh, yeah, he's, he's dropping a deuce. Um, you see an anonymous hand uh, stick a broom handle along the
0: door. The bathroom. These are the old classic, like, camp bathrooms where the doors are very high on the bottom and short on the top. Yep. So they provide no privacy whatsoever as you're taking a wicked dump.
1: <laughs> so, um, then... Then you hear the screen door being open, and uh, dude's like, hey, so-and-so, so, what what kind of shit are you trying to pull? And,
0: yeah, uh, cut it out. So basically, like, the killer has used a knife to cut through the fly screen window behind the guy on the toilet, mm-hmm. and then the killer drops a uh, either a wasp's nest or a bee's nest into the toilet with him. I'm guessing that's a, it seemed more like a bee's nest. Uh, yeah. And, uh, after that, he basically gets, gets stung a bunch of times and dies from bee stings. Yeah. And that's when Mel is like, Kit, where did you go? Kit? Yes? <laughs> Taking a wicked dump? <laughs> so from there, we, uh, we go to, um, uh, basically Mel... Of the that-
1: corpse where it's like, it's like, wow, yeah, those bees really, uh, did a their, their lot of work, uh,
2: yeah, yeah, you got the old Macaulay Culkin. <laughs>
0: nice. That's how we're going yeah. it now. It's they really what's awesome. on my girl. Um, so then from there, uh, where are we now, Kit?
2: Um, so I guess from there, there's another... See, you get to sense this pattern of um, Angela being teased and tormented. And uh, so her, the two girls who are tormenting her the most are Judy, obviously, with this Paul shit, just uh, going back and forth, trying to seduce Paul now. Um, and Meg, M-E-G, Meg. Who, uh, who really dislikes not being talked to. When, every time she talks to Angela, Angela just doesn't respond, and Meg th- throws into a rage. She, Meg is basically the leader of the house. Uh, there's another girl who's the chief complaint officer, or the vice of the house, and she's a sympathetic character and actually uh, very nice and level-headed, but Meg is a total B-I-T-C-H um, and um, often goes at Angela. And one time, when Angela won't respond to her, she flies into a rage and she gets suspended by uh, Ronnie. Ronnie, who's also a nice guy, even though he's a bit clueless, the guy with the big pecs.
1: Yeah,
2: uh, he's he seems like a nice counselor on the up and up. Some of the counselors are total jerks. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them are okay. Um, and then there's a there's a game of touch football. Is, uh, is oh, that where we're the flag. at?
0: Flag. No, it's capture the flag.
2: Capture the flag. Sorry, sorry, sorry. But they are using but, the. Um, the little uh, things where you got to pull it there.
0: We should point out, this is when Mel has his freak out, like I'm ruined. There's only 25 kids left now because everyone else, like their parents pulled them out. And it's like, Oh my God, kids keep dying. Our children are not going to stay at this summer camp. Um,
2: They merge. they merge the kids. Actually they abandon one of the, um, they close out the ranks because they're not as many.
0: Yeah. And so that day, what happens is uh, a bunch of kids are swimming at the lake. Judy starts picking a fight with, with angela and then meg goes up and she starts harassing um angela as well and she decides like all right you don't want to swim i'm gonna force you to swim and so ricky sees what's happening he's like hey what are you doing And he runs down and mel grabs him and he's like i know it was you you did it didn't you you're a yeah, murderer I... and it's like like you're an old man threatening a 12 year old boy <laughs> go ahead kit
2: he went he went off a little earlier uh i went over the uh deceased uh of the be bitten boy he was like i knew it was him i saw it in his eyes and you're like who is he talking about what's, what's going on here and then you realize that it's it's ricky and you're like oh well i see he's only half the way there because i i was pretty certain it was angela just by i don't know the way the movie was working like uh mm-hmm. developing her story um but yeah, she gets thrown into a lake by uh, Judy and Meg. and she doesn't like that earlier. They were teasing her about never wanting to uh, shower with any of the other girls. This is the open shower concept you were talking about. Uh, never has a shower, uh, never wants to like, I don't know be open with any of them or do anything with them. So they do not like Angela. She has some defenders, the counselor and uh, maybe one of the other girls uh, at that house. but
0: uh, yeah, Ronnie, Paul, uh, Ricky, obviously. Uh, the and, uh, yeah.
2: uh Paul gets totally seduced by Judy mm-hmm. uh very unfortunate and meanwhile we find out uh, uh that Meg wants to go on a date with Mel the uh 16 year old Guy, with a, <laughs> guy who is always pictured with high shorts and a cigar in his mouth. Just so
0: let's, let's, let's wait for- Mel wait, is wait. like 77 years old. <laughs> let's, let's wait for one moment here because we have to jump forward to that night. So that night, we're jumping forward after that when Mel is convinced Ricky is the murderer. Uh, Ricky is banned from the canteen. I think Judy is, is banned as well or something. Or no, she's not banned. But what happens so is-
2: she's with a guy. She wants to stay, hang okay. back and make out with a guy. Yeah.
0: So what happens is Mel basically assigns him like, okay, like you're Eddie, you're going to take a bunch of the boys and you're going to go do an overnight camp outdoors, like under the stars. And you're going to bring this hatchet with you for some reason. <laughs>
2: and, <laughs> he's bring the hatchet.
0: Well, there's and, a murderer
2: about, they think there there might be a murderer about, no. I guess that's the hatchet. And,
0: and Meg gets the night off, which he's like, great. And this is what prompts her to go up to Mel afterwards. And says, like, Hey Mel, remember how you said you would, uh, you know, we could have dinner, just you and me at your, at your place. And he's what? like, yeah. And he's like, all right, tonight, nine o'clock. And she's like, great. And then she runs away and, and Mel kind of does a little raises his eyebrows. Like, huh, I guess someone's getting laid tonight. And you're just like, gross. That girl is 15 and you're 75 years old. Gross. <laughs> maybe, maybe him and the cook were buddies. Like they used to go out to the yeah. and pick up chicks or something okay so next uh so basically yes we're here now meg is getting ready for her date which she even says is a date and i'm just like oh my god like to other girls like
2: she does not reveal that it's mel to the other girls but oh my god yeah um
0: so she has to get a shower but there's a line to the shower so she has to go get a shower in a different room by the way i want to point out the off op- the the vermicillitude of this movie one kid like there in the in the uh the closed girls cabin where mel goes or meg goes to get a shower alone there is a poster for lover boy yes there is a band mm-hmm. that, that did the classic song working for the weekend from like canada's own lover boy yeah from calgary right somewhere mm-hmm. like that um yeah. they like well, they turn like, me, oh me loose yeah turn me loose and a few hits yeah, there's, I think, a, a Greatest uh, Hits, one of those. Um, Where there's only two hits and the rest are filler? Yeah. Kind of like Tom Cochran's Greatest Hits. Okay, it's got Life is a Highway and a whole bunch of other stuff.
2: Oh, there's one more. Damn it, I can't think of it.
0: Um, but anyways, what I wanted to say is, at another point, a kid wears an Asia t-shirt. I'm like, yeah. oh my god, like Pop Rockers Asia? Yes. <laughs> there's also a blue, somebody wearing a blue oyster cult
1: t-shirt.
2: Oyster cult. That's uh, Frankie or whoever. Frankie. Uh, yes. R. A. B.
1: Frankie. Murdered. He's a jerk. He had it coming. Anyway.
0: Yeah. 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 So like, it's it's there's very good vermicilitude I also love that this was the period when a lot of bands named themselves after geological locations, like yes. Europe, uh, America. Toronto was a band. Yes. Yes, Kit.
2: We did forget one important plot point that I think we should sort of touch on. Okay, what's that? Well, uh, Paul and Angela do head down to the beach at one point. Yes. Uh, gay old time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Paul gets a little close. He wants to maybe unbutton Angela's shirt. Uh, you know, they're getting kissing and stuff on the beach. And Angela has a flashback to youth of her and her brother um, kind of peeking in on her dad. And there's a gay dad reveal, is what yeah. is what mm-hmm. basically happens. Yeah, which is I don't know. I, I I feel like this is where the uh the the movie gets into murky territory. Obviously, we'll, we'll yeah. touch on this later. I don't think any of us are uh, experts in the subject, but um,
0: I I, I had to say like I think the movie is kind of like we see that, but I think it's more the trigger, and, and it's also like it reveals more about herself. Where it's like I'm a boy. This boy is a boy. But and, the but the guy. I don't know if the dad was actually gay or if that was just something that her memory was trying to like force to happen.
2: Oh, perhaps. I mean, I guess you can't know, but I I took it as a memory and it was um, the guy that her dad had been talking to when the boat accident happened. It was just like, hey, man. And I forget the conversation they had. It was pretty banal, but it was just like, oh, uh, you're still down for Friday night or something like that? Yeah,
0: something like that. So I guess
2: they were having a an yeah. affair, and I don't know what we're supposed to take away from this, but uh, she's like, no, no, and she won't, uh, she won't accept Paul's advances. Uh, he later apologizes for this, sorry about uh, that. She forgives him easily. It's when Judy basically is able to convince Paul to uh, to start making out with her that Paul's like, yeah, she's a prude. You're right. Uh, you've got big tits. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's basically what happens. And then um, friggin' um Angela walks. In on them while they're playing um capture the flag walks in on them doing that and then paul of course is very like oh man i'm, I'm sorry i know was wrong and then for the rest of the movie he's basically trying to apologize it, apologize yeah
0: so we left off just setting up the entire thing with angela so it's the night of the mixer meg is getting a shower in the Loverboy cottage uh, <laughs> the Loverboy <of> cottage <laughs> yeah and uh and angela's leaving the mixer and she runs into paul and she tells him hey, meet me at the beach later on tonight. I have to do some stuff first. Um, Paul is
2: jazzed. He is jazzed.
0: Yeah. So then we see um, Meg in the shower. We don't see like her, Her like this film doesn't have any nudity, thankfully, like again, unlike a lot of Because they're mostly,
2: yeah, underage kids, right?
0: Yeah. yeah, but the the uh, but normally other films at the time would just have them like just cast older people and have them showering. So like I kind of yeah. respected the fact that they're like Although, How are these are supposed to be kids. It does I mean, have some notable full frontal. <laughs> we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, what happens is, so we see Meg, and then all of a sudden, like very well done, we see like a, a knife stabbing into like a shower curtain, and we realize that someone's stabbing Meg in the back, and then we see. The knife dragged down the back of the shower curtain. Blood coming out as Meg's dying.
2: Meg does not like this.
0: No. Uh. Yeah. Good. Great. Death scene, and then we see someone's hand washing the blood off of the knife, and then we cut to,
2: yes. Is it the same knife? I don't know if this is a checkoff's knife situation, but um, there was basically a a scene basically where Mozart was getting pranked again earlier. Not the butt thing this time. It was something with uh, shaving cream, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um And he immediately takes out a knife that he's got. And he's like, I'm going to stab you. Um And this is when I thought there's like a 2% chance that Mozart doing the killings. Um But then the uh, counselor for that cabin comes in and is like, are you crazy? You'll get kicked out if they catch you with one of these. You're not getting this knife again. And I was it like, m-
0: it's the same knife? Maybe. Like, maybe. I I didn't get a good enough look. So maybe it's the same knife. Maybe it's not. I don't really they give know. He gives a good look
2: at it when it's uh, being rinsed off in the shower. And I'm like, is that meant to show that it's the same knife we saw briefly Sorry. before?
0: We should point out that the poor Mozart who has been tortured for the entire movie, in real life on set, the, uh, the other actors did start like picking on him for real, and one of the other... Oh, yeah. One of the one of the actors playing the counselor act actually had to step in and be like, hey, lay off. Um, they were going to method. They were... A yeah. <laughs> <yeah. laughs> bunch of method actors. A bunch real of Marlon Brandos. Got real Lord of the Flies up in there. So, after this, we see Eddie, who has the all the kids, that are on the overnight outside. Two of the kids are like, it's cold. Can we go home? So he agrees to it, takes them, leaves the other three kids behind and the hatchet. And then we see a point of view as someone comes out of the woods, grabs the hatchet. We don't see what happens, but we see the aftermath. Eddie comes back to find the other three campers eviscerated. Awesome way to go oh, Eddie.
2: Chopped, basically chopped into yeah. bits but we don't even see that well you just see sleeping bags bloody sleeping bags chopped mm. up like uh, so much sausage meat. yeah it, uh, it's rough mm-hmm. but it's not too gory it's surprisingly not gory but yeah. you get the idea Little and kids then
0: have at this point Mel is like my hot where's my hot date where's that <laughs> poor
2: Mel he's walking around the mixer like damn it I thought I was gonna get laid by
0: Jesus, a 15-year-old. Oh, God. Um, and, like, all the other campers are like, oh, I guess she was showering in that other, that other cottage. So he goes to check, and he sees her, and he's like, he did it again. I'm going to find him. I'm going to get that Ricky. <laughs> Ricky, that 12-year-old. Now, now he thinks
2: that not only is Ricky uh, trying to ruin uh, the, the camping industry and his business, he's also cock-blocking at this point. Yeah. So he's extra
0: pissed. So Ricky is, like, going out trying to fi- find what happened to Angela, and Mel grabs him in the woods and just beats the ever-loving shit out of him. Yeah. He kills that kid. And then Mel is like, uh, oh, I see. I did to him what you what he did to you, Meg. Oh. Now I have to get away. Like all of a sudden he's like, yeah. I just murdered a child at my own camp. I have to get out of here. And that's when he wanders onto the archery range. And if you learn one thing about summer camp slasher movies don't go to the archery range. (laughs)
2: Never, as soon as I saw that, I don't even know if we'd seen the archery range, I don't know if it was ever introduced in the uh, Mm -hmm. movie up to this point, but as soon as he walks into frame and there's an archery post behind him, it's like he's getting an arrow in the neck.
0: And then he sees someone and he's like, oh, what are you doing here? Thump right to the neck, dead.
2: I I do like that the uh, film keeps up that little trope too, where every person is like, you, you, what are you doing here? I didn't expect to see you while never mm-hmm. revealing who that person was now we uh, we do get to Judy
0: yes the Judy murder so guys take it from there who wants to do it? Phil kit uh Phil, yeah uh, so
1: uh, there's a shadow at the door and you know again it's the oh it's you, the, oh, it's you trope I, I think I think she initially assumes it's like one of her friends or like one of the boys or something
0: Yes, well, through.
2: Judy, had, she'd been making out with some guy, uh, some blonde-headed yeah. kid. He'd had to hide under the bed when Mel had come around looking for a Meg. Right. Um, and then he'd taken off immediately. He'd been like, you know what? I'm not into this. And she insults, insults the shit out of him. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, you're scared. Get out of here. You won't see me tomorrow, loser. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God, Judy. <laughs> the game, I
0: know. She'd be a knight in real life, but oh my god.
2: But this is after, yeah. There's a shadow at the door after that.
0: Where do we go from there, Phil?
1: Oh yeah, she's she's also crimping her hair at this point, and it's uh, Chekhov's crimper, and... uh, (laughs) That so, had a lot of literate on this. Judy gets hit in the head, and uh, you see the shadow of the crimper, and it looks like she's getting DP'd with the crimper while
0: having a pillow over her head. I was going to yeah. say she. I wasn't saying. Okay, I, that, hadn't I, that was, before. I didn't right. think that at all. I thought she was just being stabbed with the hot crimper, with the hot curly. Okay. I thought she was being smothered with the pillow. I didn't know what was happening with the crimper, but I knew yeah, was something like, was
1: happening. It, it, like- it seemed like I almost interpreted as like implied crimper rape.
0: Yeah. I don't wow. that at all. That would be that
2: would be awful. That's a, that's a new yeah. level of horror. I mean, it could be. I didn't. I'd have I, to look I'm, it again. I, to see what the. Angles.
0: I have to look up to see what the official word is on what happened there. Uh, but yeah. I
2: will say that the person who comes in and knocks Judy out has a mean right hook, just with one punch, just out cold. it's mm-hmm. yeah. like um, yeah. she's counting sheep after that. My God.
0: Um. And then after that, so we basically now bodies are discovered by the other counselors. They call the police. And, again, it's an example of that thing from the early 80s where, like, the police instantly are just like, all right, kids, let's go find the killer. You guys go over here. It's like, don't yep. send children to go. The, the
2: Scooby-Doo police guy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing for, from Pieces where it's like, all right, kid, come with us. Like, what do you mean come with us?
2: And this is the uh, false mustachio. But it's the false mustache, I think, is just – it looks like two pieces of black felt taped to uh... – well,
0: it, it looks like a bad, cheap, fake mustache. Like, I'm sure he showed up that morning and everyone's like, what did you do to your face? And he's like, oh, I shaved. It's like, yeah, but yesterday you had a mustache and now you don't. And so they're like, just just go and cut two pieces of carpet and we'll stick it to his face. Um, and so they're searching and searching and this is where they come across, uh, it's Ronnie and where they find Ricky and Ricky's not dead, thankfully. He kind of like still breathes. So like, he's not the killer. And then his face half
1: caved in
0: yeah yeah murder okay. on him and so after that we're like at the um the beach and we kind of see
2: somebody somebody finds meg and it's a big shock like she hadn't been found
0: yeah well the other thing too is that like so when they get to the beach angela says looks
2: very concerned the whole time
0: ronnie actually one of them oh who who
2: barks one of the counselors uh Eddie. The adult counselors. Yeah, Eddie barks. yeah he's
0: the guy that discovers his counselors like murdered in their sleeping bags um so, uh, when we go to the beach with Angela and Paul, she's like, Let's go swimming, and he's like, I don't have a suit, and she's like, It's okay, and starts disrobing. And then after that, he's he's seen, Paul's happy, yeah. He's is he, he, the look on his face is like, Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think Paul goes out happy. I think he thinks he's in a different summer camp <laughs> movie. I think he thinks he's in like quirky's like three the summer, <laughs> summer years, and he's like, Yeah, um. Boing. but then uh but then ronnie and some of the other counselors show up and they're like angela and like we kind of see that like paul's head is in her lap and he's lying on the ground and this is when we get the final flashback at a weird
2: angle though
0: yeah Mm -hmm. it's, it's at a very odd angle and we only see angela from behind and this is where we see the final flashback which is when aunt martha first gets angela after the um after the the accident and she's like i've always wanted a little girl well my husband left so that won't happen but but now you will be the perfect girl, Angela. Don't you like that name? I think it means angel. Yes, I think it does. Isn't that a nice name, Peter? And from now yeah. on, you're not, and then it's the reveal. Oh, Peter survived, but crazy aunt Martha just decided, Hey, I'm going to like make you a girl. Um. And then we cut back and now Angela stands up. We see Paul's head has been totally severed with that knife. Uh um, has
2: got a smile on his face
0: though. He's, he's <laughs> <laughs> hearing, uh, Uh, louie louie in his head while this is all going on so uh she stands like angela stands up and turns around and that's the reveal kit was talking about guys you want to describe what happens next
2: it's a full frontal scene yep um and um as you can guess since angela is um was formerly peter um has has not had an operation or anything like that and uh, yeah uh, the girls were saying, you probably haven't even hit puberty, but apparently Peter has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it then, so we see that, and uh, Angela is holding Paul's head and growling like a monster, just like a beast at this point, not even human. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get a, a bigger closer up and a freeze frame on just uh, Angela growling and looking feral and uh, ready to kill them all. And then Ronnie's like,
0: he's a boy? How can this be?
2: Oh, I didn't hear that.
0: Yeah, she's a boy. <laughs>
2: like, good old Ronnie. Ronnie's good for a, a line like that, for sure. Yeah.
0: Um, and so credits after that. So that kind of explains it. So the interesting thing about how they achieved that is that was actually a very skinny university student and wearing a okay. mask of Felicity Rose. And he agreed to it, signed to it, and they paid him. And then he showed up on set and he's like, do I really have to do this? And they were like, Yeah, so he he got a little drunk before he did it. Uh, fair. Yeah. Uh so it's uh yeah, so that was Sleepway Camp. Uh guys, what did you think? Did you enjoy it? I enjoyed
1: it. It's it's a very problematic movie, of course, but uh I enjoy it. Uh, it's it's rich in uh camp value. Um, certainly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's uh,
1: endlessly entertaining. It's my second watch. Uh,
0: well, I think it's it's as as prob- problematic as it is. I kind of feel like it falls more into the transgressive category, and it's it's interesting because there sure. have been some uh, trans film critics who reappraise it, and they actually said like, mm-hmm. "This is what you know." The the whole point of the movie is that because someone was forced into be a gender that they didn't feel comfortable in, mm-hmm. it resulted in in a psychotic break. And they were kind of pointing to yeah. that to like be like that's that's a metaphor. Granted, in the sequels when Angelina, it seems like
2: a generous reading, but okay. Yeah.
0: Um, also, just the fact that there like they would there were certain taboos that they smashed like the the, the gay men lying in bed together. Um, yeah.
2: But that also seems it also both of those things. If you were uh, critical of the film, and you wanted to be. Mm-hmm. I think both of those things would. Uh, oh, that's what drove uh, this person yeah, yeah. To murderer. Mm -hmm. was not only that their uh you know their brother uh no sister i guess and uh, Mm -hmm. father were killed in front of them um their dad was also gay before that and then they were forced to be a gender dysphoric uh type person against Mm -hmm. their will. uh but that's whatever i mean i don't know i don't you you said this was by a grad student or something like
0: that yeah yeah well that was it was from the the yeah, Hiltzik. He was actually from the Tisch School of Arts in in uh, New York City.
2: Yeah, so a film um, student at that time, I wouldn't expect to have good politics on these things necessarily. So it would surprise I, me if it was if it was uh, actually secretly pro-trans, but maybe it is. Maybe I'm
0: reading it wrong. I, I don't, I don't think, think. Well, I mean, at the time, we can't judge it through today's lens, obviously. Because oh, no, you can't, and you shouldn't. No, Phil, what were you going to say?
1: No, I, I see it more. I read it more as like a psycho or like a *Dressed to Kill* type. Yeah, it's or anything.
0: It's an old trope, basically. Yeah,
1: Silence of the Lambs attempts to be charitable, <laughs> I guess.
0: But yeah, yeah. Um, I know there's a lot of, a lot of weird stuff with that. So let's talk about uh, some of the behind-the-scenes information. So the most interesting thing about this film couple things we already discussed that they actually cast real actors who were in their teens unlike other films from the era where they would cast people in their 20s or even 30s to be teenagers most famously uh caroline monroe or Carolyn monroe in uh uh in uh, slaughter high she was 36 playing a teenager um and how old is ronnie though ronnie seems like he's uh
1: he was probably
0: 35. i would say he's probably he right x and all he looks what sorry I'd probably say around 24, 25. You got to remember also at that time, people people in general like didn't eat as well as we do now. So I feel that like aging happened a lot sooner. Like It was hamburgers for dinner and lunch for a Oof. lot of people. Um, but uh, what I was going to say is, uh, another interesting fact is that this film is basically an example of the shift away from the regional films of the 70s and early 80s. Because uh, it had a regional East Coast release in late 1983, and then the following spring it opened up in Los Angeles, which is what gave it its, which attracted uh, video companies, and then pushed for the VHS release of it. And it was more successful in home video than it was in theaters, and so that kind of pushed, it, even though like it, it did really well, like its budget was incredibly low, even for uh, even for an independent slasher film at the time, which most of the time there would be like half a million to to a million dollars. This was like I think three, two hundred thousand, maybe three hundred thousand dollars, and it made like 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 ninety times its budget back, or something. There, oh. nine times its budget back, something like that. It made it did really well, but it was on home video that it did incredibly well, and that kind of like it basically inspired people. Like, okay, the regional film of like producing a movie for ninety thousand dollars and having it make three hundred thousand, or like a hundred six, like one hundred fifty thousand, doesn't work anymore. So now we'll do what's called an indie well, it was the shift from regional to independent and limited release films to the later go on to a wide home video release. Yes, Phil? Yeah,
1: it's it's kind of strange how I don't know, not strange, but like I I remember in grade school, it seemed like it was like the staple. Like if you got your hands on an R-rated horror movie for sleepover, like you rented like Pet Cemetery or Friday the 13th, or you got your hands on sleepaway camp. It seemed like it seemed like half the kids in my class had seen sleepaway camp. So like the movie was like spoiled for me in like grade school.
0: Yeah. Well, the interesting thing is I feel it was one of those movies that never played on TV just because there's no way to get around that, 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 totally. that stuff at the end. Um, yeah. and, and it's like, it's, I sort of feel that like it's, it's the horror movie that parents didn't know about. Cause Friday the 13th, like yeah. what's the story of that, Oh, it's a guy in a hockey mask and he kills people. Yeah because he saw his mother die and that's it what's halloween oh it's this guy who went crazy as a kid and then came back to kill his sister the end (laughs) what's sleepaway camp about well it's about forced gender reassignment uh, (laughs) and like and and um and uh an early childhood sexual trauma like a whole bunch of weird stuff um iconic video box (laughs) too oh yeah the video box the the, whoever did that cover was so good the knife through the tennis shoe yeah fantastic Chef's Wonderful,
2: it. yeah. I I remember that from as a, as a kid as well. Right up there with the Phantasm one and the um, mm-hmm. Texas Chainsaw Massacre two, the uh, yeah. blood parody.
0: See, I always remember the the boxes for Sleepaway Camp two and three more because two especially because it had her whole like it had the Freddy glove and the uh, the Jason mm-hmm. mask on yeah. the back of it. And uh, uh, like, did I already bring up that basically the director of this? Um, robert hiltzik it was a one and done for him like he made one film and then he basically went on to to form a lot like went into law after this mm-hmm. and had nothing to do with film whatsoever until he came back to shoot Returns yeah, yeah. to play camp in 2002 which didn't get released until 2008 yes kid according to
2: wikipedia um mm-hmm. they're working uh, since as of summer of 2014 they're working tweaking and working on a script for a uh, reboot uh, wondering how that would go off, uh, you'd have to be probably very careful. Um, maybe they won't do it now, who knows? Because 2014 was a long time ago in terms of those kind of politics. To be honest with you. So who knows? Um, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to see somebody do a good uh, what ended up being a good reboot and how that comes about, but I'm not sure how you would get there.
1: A woke sleep camp. camp? Uh, you wouldn't want to go straight woke,
2: though, no, would you? No, for uh, sure. That would be too, well, too cringe. Um, and, so I don't, I don't know what you would do.
0: And, well, the thing to remember is, like, the, the sequels did away with that pretty quickly, where it was just like, she's just a crazy girl now.
2: Well, she gets gender reassignment, uh, reassignment surgery, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Crazy, and in the third one, they never even mentioned that at all. She's just a crazy girl that wants to... To, it's
2: not necessarily an essential element, the uh the whole gender reassignment or uh gender. No, but that's but thing. that's
0: what caused it to have notoriety long enough. Like it was like, Oh my True. god, the girl has a dick.
2: Um so you could point to it without actually including it, maybe if you were gonna do a reboot. Just get rid I, of it altogether. Just make it some girl who was traumatized or something.
0: Yeah. It's also just like there are certain films that, that unfortunately won't get made nowadays, and like that's where it's it's kind of like uh like years ago they tra- they actually started filming a return, Revenge of the Nerds uh, reboot and they stopped after like three days because it was just like it's just not it just doesn't work in today's time
2: those tropes aren't funny anymore people don't, no. they're not yeah. as identifiable
0: mm-hmm. frat yeah. culture I don't think is even that popular frat anymore like I like. It at this point pretty much I mean it is in Canada for sure So go and,
1: and yeah the, the nerds did have the revenge and it,
0: it is. is yeah look at the box office um yeah. I should also point out so Felissa Rose stars in the film. She was only 13. It was her first role. Uh, and then after this, she kind of didn't do anything, but it was it wasn't again until that. So in the late 90s, early 2000s it was kind of like the golden era of the fan webpage. So this is when you had sleepawaycampmovies.com Oh I man. I went to a little bit, but but I really spent a lot of time on Friday the thirteenth movies.com. And Friday13th Movies.com like actually people from it, from the, like the screenwriter of Jason X and the director of Jason X actually would regularly post on their message boards. And so you could actually, I actually interacted with the screenwriter and director of Jason X before it got released. And then even after it got released, and then those guys actually stuck around so that when, when Freddie versus Jason came out, like a year or two later, they actually gave their take on it. Like, Oh, that's interesting how they did this. And that happened and this other stuff. And so it's, it's, it was a golden era where you could actually get that interaction, especially with. I remember those. Uh, and sleepawaycampmovies.com has basically directly led to the director uh, realizing that his film still had a following. It also led to the resurrection of Felissa Rose as an actress mm-hmm. because she had pretty much given up acting. She had appeared in a, um, in a, okay, this is going to be funny. Uh, she had appeared. Where is that? Oh, right. She had appeared as a member. Of a group of rapping pregnant women called the 2B Moms in the Safe Food Attitude Educational Home video. That was her credit in the mid 90s. Uh, and then after that, like basically what? when the the head of the owner of Sleeboy Camp Movies.com approached Felicia Rose to be like, Hey, like, would you ever consider coming back to play Angela again? Which led to the return of Sleep Boy Camp. And because of that, like, her acting career took off. She now has over 120 film credits. Look the her. And the, all, all within the last 20 years. So, like, basically after she was – so, she was 13 when she made Sleepaway Camp back in 1982. By the time uh, the website rolls around 17 years later, she's 30. So, like, basically from, th- from the age of 31 onwards, that's when her acting career really took off. Her most recent notable role was probably in the film Victor Crowley which is the fourth part in the ongoing hatchet series. Uh, Uh, She's a real presence on the horror convention circuit. Uh, Like she really has embraced fandom and is really like, and has really out been out, like uh, reached out to fans. Yes, Kit.
2: uh, She's uh, apparently an executive producer on a a documentary film on the series called Angela, the official sleepaway camp documentary. Currently in pre-production.
0: That yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. She's also producing and hosting a podcast called, um, oh god, Casualty Fridays, along with uh, Kane Hodder, who played Jason in four Friday the Thirteenth films, and Tiffany Shepis, a uh, a scream queen from the '90s and 2000s. Um, yeah, so she does a lot of work now. Um, so uh, an interesting fact is that Jane Krakowski was actually cast to play Judy in this film. Oh and, wow, I can see that. But the thing is, she dropped out when she learned that her character was going to die.
2: Oh. Ah, it's such a Judy thing to do.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's weird though cuz like when I whenever I work with actors who I don't who I'm not friends with on um, some of my projects like the day that like that their death scene is coming up, I'm like, "Are you excited? It's going to be fun. It's going to be bloody and all crazy." They're always like, "No, I don't want to die on screen." And you're like, "Why not? It's fun. It's acting. It's not real." Yes Phil.
1: Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because uh, Jane Krakowski has the exact same uh,
0: hairstyle in National Lampoon's Vacation. Right, where she plays Cousin Vicky. Yeah. Which I think came out, which was actually shot the following year or something? So, no, it was the
1: same year, but also 83. And yeah. and she's like a promiscuous cousin as well. Mm-hmm. So Much like promiscuous
0: Judy in the, yeah.
1: Sleepaway Camp.
0: Yeah, so it's it's kind of up there. So anyways, guys, that's, that's about all the, the information I have on the background of Sleepaway Camp. Uh, Phil, what are your final thoughts?
1: I I think I said my final thoughts already. We kind of got sidetracked. Uh, yeah, we might have gotten
2: sidetracked on Phil's final thoughts.
1: <laughs> yeah. But no, I I really enjoy it in spite of its problematicness, but kind um, of like New York Ripper. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's definitely got its charms. There's
2: uh, it's it stands out. Yeah.
0: Kate, your final
1: have, thoughts? That's uh, oh, sorry, I was just gonna say, um, Oh go ahead. I, because I was an old blind spot, I don't even know what I would have made of it if I saw it as as a kid. Mm-hmm. So it's uh interesting to watch as an adult. I'll probably, probably watch it again.
2: Yeah. I probably would have liked it, I think. Yeah. It's an interesting uh, thought. I mean usually just go for movies that have kills and I'm like, I was a big fan of the nightmare and Elm street series, but I watched a few other horror movies
0: like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, the interesting thing is I talked to someone who had seen this movie when they were kids and they didn't know about the twist like a while ago. And when I mentioned the movie, they like jumped back, like there was like a bug on them or something. And I was like, what's that? Cause like the ending had been spoiled to me for years before I finally yeah. saw it. And she was just like, Oh my God, I just that that movie just, Oh my God. Like, it is a striking image yeah yeah it's it's
2: not just it is like full full frontal is always kind of striking in a movie that hasn't featured any nudity up to that point but also holding a head growling looking feral yeah yeah something
0: Something you did not expect whatsoever um so yeah like it's it's definitely out there i really enjoy this film i actually think it's a better friday the 13th part one than friday the 13th part one was um I mean, it's definitely made in its wake. Like a lot of, at the time, a lot of people bragged on it for saying it was a Friday the 13th knockoff just because of the summer camp setting. But then again, so was The Burning and a bunch of other films at the time. Um, but I feel it, it had enough of its, uh, enough original content. And also for a summer camp movie, it was one of the few summer camp movies that had kids at the summer camp. A lot of the times the summer camp horror movies were about opening up the camp or closing it down. They and had with- uh, good performances from those kids. Pretty good yeah. natural, you know, they're all good. Yeah. A bunch of the people in it went on to do other stuff. Like some people, a lot of people went on to do uh, soap opera work. Cause that's a lot of soap opera stuff was still being shot in New York city and still is being shot in New York city. Like Dave was days of our lives is still being shot there. So it's like a lot of them went on to that. Uh, a lot of them were cast out of New York city itself and then brought up to, to, uh, to upstate. Um, but yeah, I, I dig this movie a lot. I highly recommend it. Uh, I think, i think it's fun oh the soundtrack by uh what's his name frankie vincenti uh what was it um frankie Vinci? uh i love this i love the songs by frankie Vinci. he does angela's theme which is the closing one called angela's theme you're just what i've been looking for i love he that does, he does the other synth songs in it called one is called tonight your mind the other one's called take a chance but yeah such a great theme really dig the music um there was, like, we, we discussed briefly one of the sequels, like, a couple of the sequels. I was going to um, say, what are your thoughts on the uh, on the sequels, Graham? I love them. I, I, I enjoy part two a lot. Like, I think part two is the most balls-to-the-wall fun of the bunch. Part three is not as good, but it still has moments. Uh, part, two- know, part four, that was, like, not even
2: really released. It was,
0: like, an, an extra. It was, it was never finished. Yeah. So what, happened in 19- what happened was, in 1992, the rights holders to the sequels started producing a fourth one. However, like it was a combination of like the money and the direction of the film just were not working and not working well. So they abandoned it. Like it's, they, they shot for like maybe two weeks and they just canceled it. And then eventually in 2014, somebody edited together the footage and used like footage from the first three movies as flashbacks to create some final version of it. Uh, When they did the box set in the year 2000, they, uh, they included it on a bonus disc as like an extra special feature. Like here's the scenes that were shot, edited together. It's not a whole movie. It's, it's, it's just like some stuff that was shot. Interesting thing about that box set though. So the first time they were all collected in one box set released by Anchor Bay, they actually used the, re- the American Red Cross logo on the front of it. Mm. I remember it being in stores and then it got pulled instantly because the American Red Cross filed a copyright infringement because that's actually their copyrighted thing. So then they pulled it and had to like redo the, the cover, but it was interesting how like they went out with the American red cross logo on the, on the front of it. And and
1: return to sleep- but uh, return
0: to
2: sleepaway camp was also decent.
0: I've never seen it. I've heard oh. many mixed things. I know that it was shot in 20, 2002 and wasn't finished until 2008. Apparently there were a lot of issues with it. Um, I, I think I should check it out after this, but uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see I'll, I'll try and give it a, a, a look <coughs> but anyways so that's that was sleepaway camp i think that was fun so guys um next week we're going to be recording our final episode of this october horror rundown um and it's going to be hellraiser yeah cool so we'll be back next week with hellraiser so for death by video i've been phil i've been Kit. Evan Graham saying thank you for watching. Uh, please keep watching awesome movies and stay safe. Good night. When I look
1: into your eyes, it comes as no surprise. You're slipping away, AJ.